0: the child of the library podcast where we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts last week my fiance and i had a little holiday and even though the weather here in germany was not always the best during those days we managed to spend a few very relaxing and nice couple of days at home we did some reorganization in our apartment played video games that we really wanted to play That's actually the nice thing when the weather is not that great. You have an excuse to just stay at home and play. And we cooked and overall made it a fun time. But you might be wondering, why am I telling you this? (laughs) Another thing we enjoy to do in our free time is to watch documentaries and reports for all sorts of topics. And the latest one that we watched was around the topic of loneliness topic especially nowadays that is very present in the lives of a lot of people but in our society it is still strange to talk about it who really does say no i'm not feeling fine i feel lonely it does not happen that often and most people i would say when they are asked to picture a person that is lonely they probably would conjure the image of an old person living alone But in fact, it is the generation of now 20 to 40 year olds that, according to the statistic, feel the most lonely. And a lot of people don't know about that because when people who are feeling that loneliness talk about this, they are sometimes looked down upon or met with comments like, Get yourself together, you've got your whole life ahead of you, you're still so young, etc. etc. But this just adds pressure to that overall issue. In that documentary, they also mentioned that during this pandemic, this feeling of loneliness has strongly intensified. Because now, even more so than before, the younger generations turn to social media as a way to see the outside and their worldview gets totally distorted. And one thing that I never thought about in terms of becoming and being an adult throughout your 20s and 30s, that they also mentioned on there, during school, you all have that same goal. You're working towards graduation to whatever degree. And of course, the course of that journey has slight variations for everyone, but ultimately it is the same goal. But what happens after that? The paths we take in our journeys drift so far apart that it becomes harder to navigate relationships and not focus on the things that divide us, but work on and find the aspects that still unite us in order to either maintain or build new friendships and relationships in general also ones that can survive through a pandemic where you cannot see each other permanently, but can still stay in touch frequently and be happy when you are able to reunite after it is possible to see each other again. In my life, I was fortunate enough that I was able to build friendships that could endure that we could stay apart, Sure, these are friendships that were built up during school, now that I think about it. Back then, when you saw each other regularly, either through classes or shared hobbies in your free time, but luckily we were able to form such a strong bond that even three years of me switching schools to another high school branch in another city, being in China for six months and working in London for a couple of months, did not put too much of a strain on these bonds. But even though you have those friends and relationships that you can call when something is amiss or when you want to talk with someone and share what happened to you, when you cannot be physically close to them, you can still feel lonely. When I was living in London, for example, I had none of my old friends there with me. Sure, I had great colleagues and we went out for drinks after work and stuff, but none of my really close contacts were there to share this city physically with me. So what I did was to explore the city on my own. And I mean, London has a lot to offer. You have to admit that. So through advancing and following my own interests and getting to know the city better i also got to know myself better and i think that looking back hardly any time has had such an impact in finding myself than my time in london did but at some point you have explored yourself enough if you know what i mean then you want to meet more extensively with other people and you admittedly can start to feel lonely even though you are usually content with keeping yourself company Sure, if I would have stayed there longer, I would have signed up for a club or a membership and would have tried to form new friendships and relationships there, but, What do you do when you cannot do that? When you cannot leave the house for whatever reason? Like we had in the last few months and you cannot form new relationships. You do not have these old friendships that are deep enough to sustain you through these lives. If you do not have a partner that lifts you up and all you see are the smiling faces on social media, well, (laughs) so you see, there is so much to this topic and I do not want to go too deep into this because I want to keep the energy on my podcast more uplifting, but if you are listening to this and you sometimes feel a bit lonely, please be encouraged that you are not alone in this. There are so many people who feel lonely now and then, or even for longer stretches of time. It will all get better. And the one thing I can do to help is to recommend books because that's what I'm here for. So after you listened to me rambling about this documentary, because it really got me and my fiance thinking how fortunate we are and appreciate the situation that we are in. And that really sparked the wish in me to surround my next episode around this topic and recommend books that gave me the feeling of being less lonely or made me feel like I was surrounded by friends. And yes, I just talked of fictional characters as friends. That is uh, not weird at all. (laughs) Okay, moving on. What books can I recommend for this? I was browsing through my Goodreads and actually my eyes caught on my most recent read, which was In the Time We Lost by Carrie Hope Fletcher. In this novel, we follow Luna Lark, who is a published author, but not a very famous one. And she's perfectly content with that because she does not enjoy to get too much attention. We start off our story with her on her wedding day, when she is stood up by her nearly to be husband and stricken with grief over his betrayal, leaves London and visits the place furthest away from him in her whole life as possible. Ondingside, (laughs) who doesn't know about Ondingside? In this novel, it is an island on the other end of the UK. When Luna decides to permanently move there, something very strange happens and she finds herself and the city in a time loop. Now, hear me out. I know a lot of people have their prejudices against time travel and time loop stories. And you might be wondering why I recommend this one against loneliness. The answer is pretty simple because through Luna's initial reasons to sort of flee to Unding's side and also throughout the book, you see in what many ways loneliness can express itself in her and other characters and how they each lift each other up to feel better not only when accompanied but also to find their strength to be on their own. The next one goes into a totally different direction as it is not outwardly dealing with the prospects of loneliness, but I chose this one as we have a very strong bond between friends and companions and the way that it is written is very inclusive for the reader's mind to feel as part of the group. And that is The Merciful Crow by Margaret Owen. Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) I won't shut up about this book, but it has become one, if not the top book of 2020 for me. I believe that this story is so gripping that you will want to turn the page, will really get sucked into it, and feel not alone, but rather part of their little microcosmos. I think I have talked so much about this book already on my podcast that I won't need a synopsis here, but I won't stop continuously bringing it up (laughs) because I really do believe it is worth the read. Book number three also branches out into a different book format as it is a manga. So as it is a manga and basically deals with a lot of images, it is very easy to consume and you can fly through it and ultimately feel your heart being warmed throughout the process. I am talking about the manga series Orange by Ichigo Takano. It is very cool also because there are two bind-ups and one single manga existing, so they would also not take up too much of your shelf space. This story centers around a group of high school friends and when a new boy called Kakeru comes into their class, they welcome him in their midst, so they all become friends. Nahou, our main character girl, one day shortly after Kakeru enters their lives, receives a mysterious letter from herself, 10 years in the future. And her future self tells her that Kakeru will kill himself on a certain day and she tries to warn her old self in order to save him from that. Of course, this whole suicide topic can be very triggering for some people, so be aware of that. But if you can read about this and are open to manga concepts in general, I can really highly recommend this story as this, as I said, will warm your heart. But also the work this friend group puts into saving their friend really makes you root for them and feel like you are part of this and want to help him too. I have a special attachment to this manga as I bought it in New York in 2019. Simpler times with less restrictions on people, but even if you don't have a special memory attached, I really think this manga series will fill your heart and make you forget what is going on around you in the world. The next series is comprised of four books. So contrary to The Merciful Crow, that unfortunately is only a duology, you can really get deep into this world. And you will follow along an epic adventure, a beautiful love story, at first an academy setting, dark magic, it is deeply interwoven with the land and the folklore and overall a great tale where I especially enjoyed the first and the last book. I'm of course talking about the An Ember in the Ashes series by Sabah Tahir. Again, one of my all-time favorites for a reason because this is such a rich tale that I'm sure you will find a docking point somewhere in there. May it be the love story or the magic or the companionship and the political intrigue or whatever it is relationship-wise that you get hooked on I'm very sure that there's something for everyone in there that will make you want to keep reading. I will try to give you a very short synopsis but if this sounds somewhat interesting to you please read it because it is so so much more than what I'm about to tell you. We follow our two main characters. The first one is Laya that suffers from the loss of her family as they are killed by one of the Masks, which is an elite team of soldiers, so to say. The only known survivor is her brother, who is taken captive and brought to a faraway prison. Knowing that she will probably not be able to help him on her own, she teams up with a rebel group that want her to infiltrate the military academy as a kitchen help and try to get intel. That is worth enough for them to help her break out her brother. There she meets Elias, one of the top mask elite soldiers, but he's different than the rest as he has always had his doubts about the rightness of the emperor's decisions and the way things are handled militarily even though these thoughts go against what he and his friends have been drilled for their whole lives. All of this set against a Roman Empire inspired backdrop sets this foundation for an incredible story that I could not recommend more, especially as we get to see so much character growth, breaking and newly bonding relationships between the characters and overall such a great imagined world that will suck you in, make you feel as part of it and won't let you go for a long time. The duology that I have here at number five is another that I thoroughly enjoyed, and it explores the story of a young man who first follows his passion, and then grabs the opportunity to really be part of an adventure that follows along that part of his passion. And that is Strange the Dreamer by Lainey Taylor, where Laszlo Strange, a librarian who's pretty much looked down upon in his society, who has dedicated his life to find and preserve knowledge of a forgotten city that he is very sure still exists. When he gets a chance to follow an envoy from that city that was on the search for outside help as the city is is faced with a big problem that they cannot resolve on their own. This story expands so much throughout the course of these two books. And it is great to see the growth from the character who really truly finds himself and finds a community where he is cherished and does not feel alone and unwanted anymore, as well as a fascinating world that is built up. And the overall adventurous stakes of their quest, they are just, chef's kiss highly recommend this one especially i think i mentioned this before in one of my podcast episodes if you look back like when you are towards the end of the second novel and you look back on where you started (laughs) it's totally crazy it's a very great journey i can highly recommend it Another book series I want to talk about is Stalking Jack the Ripper by Carrie Menescalco. It is such a great four book series and I think that not enough people talk about it because I truly found it to be very excellent and it was a great companion over the past four years. It is a story set in Victorian England where women are bound to the propriety of society, but Audrey Rose, our female main character, is much more into doing post mortems than tea parties. (laughs) This story is so rich of great companionship between Audrey and her uncle and her cousin, but also between her and her love interest and their banter will make you crack up with laughter. I thoroughly enjoyed reading about them. They were a true delight, I can tell you that. And the way how their banter goes back and forth really makes you feel their connection. And you know that even though Audrey Rose is fighting against the constraints that society puts on her, she's not alone in her endeavor that is so great to see and read from. The last book on this list that I actually read does not focus so much on friendship or romantic relationships, but rather sisterly bonds. I'm talking about the Three Dark Crown series by Kendara Blake. And my recommendation here really spans over the entire series because in this story we follow three princesses on an island, each with their own magical ability. They are raised apart from each other by different foster families that can, you know, sort of hone their magic and prepare them for their 16th birthday because on that day they compete against each other until one of them is still alive and becomes the new queen. Of course given the fact that they were raised apart you cannot really expect them to be loving sisters from the beginning when they see each other again at 16 but throughout the course of this series you will see how their outlook changes and how they how they deal with the situation they were thrust into. It is a truly great read, I can highly recommend it. Also, especially the audiobook. I've got another very fond memory of listening to the last installment in the series on the day after we returned from our USA trip in 2019 when jet lag had hit me and I was wide awake at 3 a.m. and tried to use the time well and finished my audiobook that I started on the plane. And last but not least the final book on my recommendation list of books against loneliness will come out on november 2nd this year so mark your calendars and it is you've reached sam by dustin Tao. this book starts very sad as we follow julie who's got her whole life after high school planned out with sam her boyfriend But after he dies tragically, she feels her whole future crumble and feels left alone. As she's consumed by that loneliness, she wants to hear his voice one last time and calls his phone number to hear his mailbox signal. But as it happens, it is not the mailbox who answers her call, but Sam himself. As I said, I could not read this book yet as it only comes out in November, but just the backdrop of this story sounds so intriguing. And I really want to know how the story progresses. And even though this deals with the topic of loneliness way more than the other books I previously recommended probably, I believe that hopefully they will find a way so that Julie can move on and find joy and companionship again in her life. At least I hope so. God, I really, really hope so. (laughs) 'm <laughs> Now, as for the meet the character section of this episode, I wanted to stay in theme. And even though I usually do not do this, this time I will be referring to a character in a book that I have not finished reading. I want to speak with you a bit about Adeline, who is the main character in V.E. Schwab's The Invisible Life of Eddie LaRue, because she is so lonely. Oh, she's one of the loneliest characters in existence. And why is that, you may ask? Eddie was born in the 18th century in a little village in France where she grew up to dream of a future beyond marrying and having kids and never leaving the village. But of course her parents try to marry her off. In pure desperation she flees into the woods and prays to whatever god who might answer her. But even though she has been warned to never speak to the gods who answer after dark has settled, she prays until the sun sets and when Finally, it got answers. She strikes a deal with him for her freedom. But of course, something was wrong with the deal and when Eddie returns to her village, the people she grew up with cannot remember her anymore. In fact, also the people she just meets for the first time talk to her, but when they go through a door or turn a corner, they have already forgotten her. So she is free, but she's also very alone. What I really love about this story is that it splits into two timelines and we on the one hand learn a lot about Eddie's first years with that curse and then 300 years later in the 2000s when she is also very experienced to live with her predicament because she's not only free as no one remembers her, she's also undying unless she finally gives into the curse and the evil God can collect her soul but she is very defiant. And I love to see her character development and how she leaves marks on the world, especially in the art scene, but never by name, because she cannot leave a mark with her name, either in memory or in writing. Her name is basically erased from the world. But all of this is very nicely interwoven and really makes you realize what a great character she is to read from. In the lead up to my episode, I always newly illustrate a quote that either fits to the episode or inspired me leading up to this episode. So this week I did a quote from Eddie LaRue, which also illustrates her loneliness. So if you are interested in that, just visit me on Instagram at library, or I will also pack a link into the show notes of this episode. As I said, I have not finished the book yet, but I enjoyed it so much. I have a feeling that it could become a new favorite. And finally, we are in the third and last section of this episode, which is the bookish question. I went through the list and tried to find one that also somewhat fits the theme of loneliness in some way and I think I found the perfect one. What are your five desert island books? books where well a desert island can feel quite lonely at some point so you need something to distract yourself and I especially focused on the books that are not how to build a raft because even though this answer is quite clever it is not really beneficial for the podcast in terms of good book recommendations but what are the five books that I would take the first one would be a recent favorite of mine which is Animal Farm by George Orwell It is not for everyone, I give you that, but I really enjoyed this classic, even though it is a sad story. I think it is very important and because I just recently read it, I think when I reread it, I will definitely find something new to think about and some new ideas and thoughts that this story sparks in me. The next three ones are a bit of a cheat but also not really as this just shows that my recommendations always come from the heart because I would also recommend them to myself. These are technically repeats from before but the books in themselves are further down the series. And it is A Sky Beyond the Storm the fourth book in the In Ember in the Ashes series, Five Dark Fates, the last book in the Three Dark Crown* series, and The Faithless Hawk, the last book in the The Merciful Crow duology. Everyone, just do yourself a favor and read them, okay? I won't shut up about them. The last one is probably not the nicest choice for my international listeners, as it is only in German, but I have to pick it, as it is such a comfort read for me, and that is Silk and Sword by Kai Meyer. It is just one of these stories that I know so well that I can easily flip open a page somewhere in the book and instantly feel at home. And when you are stranded on an island, I think that is not the worst feeling to have. So this is it, guys. I hope this episode gave you a bit of comfort and a few good recommendations to make you feel less lonely. If you are interested to see my little quote illustrations matching my podcast episodes, just follow me on Instagram at library. And if you are by chance listening through an app or service that allows you to rate my podcast, please give it a rating. I would love your feedback. And until next time, I hope that we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. Bye!